brother i'm grace hello brother i'm stephanie and this is doppelgangers today we're talking about season four episode nine of the vampire diaries which is called oh come all ye faithful first ever christmas episode first ever christmas episode a quick note on timing i don't know if you guys are tracking the actual timeline of the vampire diaries but that is my physical job so i want to remind you all at the beginning of season three they were starting their senior year and at the beginning of season four it was like another first day back. So it's safe to assume that it's like after Christmas break, I think. I think that's a safe assumption. I think given the situation, you could be like, oh, it's after Thanksgiving break. There's no way it's Christmas right now in the storyline of the show. But in the network gaming schedule, it's Christmas. And also, does it really matter? No. I want an episode where someone dramatically kills people to a Christmas carol. Yeah. And we got two of those. I was curious how a Christmas episode was going to work in this because we haven't gotten one before, but you know, it's been on long enough. They kind of have to do a Christmas episode. They went in an interesting direction. I'll give them that. I've never seen one quite like it. I'm trying to remember if there's anything like pop culturally that this ties to, but maybe not. But the like kind of finding a special theme episode to have a big murder was kind of big on supernatural shows. Am I making that up? I might be. Not necessarily. I mean, we think about Pretty Little Liars Ghost Train. I think it's, important to have like a big high body count episode or like important body count episode in an unexpected part of the season. And it's nice to do it in costume or in like a special situation where like everyone's really out and about. Mm-hmm. I do think the ghost train is the closest analogy here where they get on the ghost train and then Garrett is murdered. Yeah. Spoilers for Pretty Little Liars, but also you've had so much of Pretty Little Liars spoiled for you if you listen to this podcast. And if you haven't watched Pretty Liars, good luck remembering who Garrett is by the time you get to his Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not really a spoiler. But anyway, I'll start as always by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. As a winter wonderland-themed party fills the streets of Mystic Falls, Stefan and Caroline find themselves at odds with Tyler over his plans for Klaus and his hybrids. When Caroline proposes a solution to their problem, Haley finds a dramatic way to make it clear that she is not on board. Later, Klaus makes a discovery that chaos and violence. Meanwhile, Elena and Damon retreat to the Gilbert Lake House to help Jeremy conquer some dangerous inner demons with the help of Bonnie and Professor Shane, who reveals a piece of ancient history that leaves them all speechless. Supposedly. Also, I want to have a moment for off-mic updates because you mentioned in between now and when we last recorded in the past week, whatever, you watched The Princess and the Frog and it inspired some prediction for you. I was watching Princess and the Frog. If you haven't seen it, do it. Disney movie. Disney movie set in New Orleans, which interesting for the originals. But the main villain in that is Dr. Facilier. He's a voodoo witch doctor. And he essentially has to make up a debt to ghosts and demons on the other side, whatever. Um, He does not do that. He does end up getting killed by them because he doesn't fill that debt. Yeah. He sings a song called Friends on the Other Side, one of the great Disney villain songs. Sit down at my table. Put your mind at ease. If you relax, it will enable me to do anything I please. But the gag is they're not his friends. They're debt collectors. They're very much loan sharks. And so my (laughs) thought is maybe Shane has some debts to pay to the other side, to Silas even perhaps. Although we do get a little more Silas information that I'm not ready to give up my guess that Shane is Silas somehow. We get a couple clues in this episode that end up being very important. I wonder if you picked up on them. I have a couple thoughts and I will get to them. Yeah, we'll get to those. 
We have a couple clues that Shane gave us and he kind of um, spelled out some stuff for us, but maybe the dots aren't connecting just yet. It's hard to say. But let's start the episode. We start in the Salvatore house. And if you'll remember, we ended last week in the Salvatore house and Damon said he's absolutely going to tell Lena, beat it, Blondie. <laughs> She's not Blondie. He's going to tell Lena, beat it, gal. Hey, ugly, get out of here. I don't love you. He's going to white fang her. They wake up in the same bed. So pretty clear he didn't do that. Damon, how'd that one go? He was very like set in stone. I'm doing it. Don't you dare make any accusations that I would never do that. How dare you say that about me, Stefan? And then he didn't do it. I mean, I wouldn't either. And to be fair, I do think Stefan was asking a lot of Damon to do that. But also Damon should have said, you're asking a lot of me. I'm not going to do that. He shouldn't have said, yes, I'm absolutely going to do that because I'm not selfish. I think Damon really planned on it. If you really plan on it, you would have done it. No, I, I think he really thought he was going to. And then it was harder than he expected because he did Charlotte's and he was like, OK, that wasn't the easiest, but that wasn't that bad. But then he was like, oh, wait, I do actually like Lena, though, yeah. is the thing. So I think it just got away from him. Well, I think he was really more prepared when he went to talk to Elena to explain to her that she was sired to him because he thought she didn't know that. Yeah, he was going to do the whole breakdown. He's like, oh, I immediately have to white fang you. I don't get a little ramp up. Yeah, the conversation uh, left him really quick. So anyway. They wake up in bed and he says, this would be so much more fun if we were naked. Get your mind out of the gutter, you whore. <laughs> Just kidding. Elena says, that was your call, not mine, because I am horny as hell. And she's like, I wanted to have sex with you. I tried it. He says, oh, you know, I was being a gentleman. Also, you shouldn't have stayed. And she says, yeah, I know. And he says, I should have made you leave. I should have sent you packing. I promised Stefan that's what I would do. See, he feels guilty about it. But not enough to do anything. But he still feels guilty. Well, it's like if someone kills someone and feels guilty about it, are they absolved of killing them? No, no. But also, okay, if I may say, he does do it. He just takes a day. I think a day is more than fair. I do think it's fair. But I think just say like, I need a day to do this. He can't admit that. That's admitting vulnerability. Well, I wish you would do that. Well, it would have been emotionally mature of him. But let's be honest who Damon is, okay? Yeah, let's be honest. No one on this show is emotionally mature. And he and Stefan are not ready to have a real conversation about this, okay? He might have said that to someone else, but he and Stefan could not get there. And Stefan would have been like, well, you can't have a day because she sired you. It's hurting her. Stefan shouldn't have been the person making these negotiations. But that's the thing is Damon entertained all of Stefan's negotiations, even though Stefan's coming from a place, hence hurt and drama. But Damon was coming from a place of guilt when he entertained those negotiations. Yeah. They should have had a middleman. Caroline should have been there. Yeah, that's the name of the game. Anyway, Damon says, you're sired to me, which means everything you think you feel might not even be real. And she says, yeah, but to me, it feels real. And it's like, Elena, girly, that's the whole point. That's the whole thing. The whole point is you don't know. <laughs> and she says, you know, I'm not ready to let go of that. And he says, well, I could make you. I can invoke the sire bond. And she's like, okay, so do it then. Yeah, she's like, clearly you don't want to. And I don't want you to, so I'm good with that. Yeah, she's like, I'll call this bluff. This is a pretty flimsy bluff. <laughs> they hover near a kiss. But then Elena's phone rings and Damon says, saved by the cell phone. Okay. She declines the call, but she says, I have to meet Bonnie. She's teaching Jeremy how not to kill me. And then she grabs her bag and she turns back and she says, want to come? And of course he does. Then we go over to Klaus's house. Stefan arrives as Klaus is finishing up a painting. Stefan looks at it and he says, looks like a giant snowflake. And Klaus is like, well, it is, but it's an artistic take, okay? Yeah, Klaus says, I prefer to think of it as an expression of postmodernism. It's my donation to the Winter Wonderland charity event. So iconic that his donation is just a painting he did. That's so slight. He has money he yeah. could donate. Or like nice art. Like, but it has to be his. He wants to keep the Renaissance art he has. He doesn't want to give that up. Like, I'll give you a painting. 
I'm as good as those Renaissance guys. Then Adrian comes in and he says, oh, hey, Klaus, you said it was urgent. And Klaus says, oh, yeah, deliver that to the girl. And Adrian says, you want me to be a delivery guy? And Klaus says, I want you to do whatever I say without attitude. Like, what's the fucking deal with you hybrids? Like, also, like delivering something to the grill. Why is that offensive to you? Get lunch after. Like, yeah. would you rather him make you kill your mom? What the fuck, dude? He's making you like walk to the grill. Well, let's be honest. You would probably go anyway because there's nowhere else in town to hang out. Text Kim and say, hey, meet me at the grill. Let's get lunch. I have to bring this painting over for Klaus. Nah. And also, Adrian, you don't have a job or anything. Just bring the painting It'll over. take you 10 minutes. He's being so drama. This is not the hill you should be dying on, yeah. buddy. There has to be a better time to be a hater. But Adrian does grab the painting and goes, and Klaus says, hey, be careful, it's still wet. Adrian leaves and Stefan says, you know, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. And Klaus says, you know, what is the point of hybrids if I can't have free labor? And I think that's fair. He's right. Like, I'm sorry, these aren't slaves. He, they can have lives until he needs something. Yeah, again, he's not asking a lot. It's delivering one painting to a grill. This is hardly the thing to harp on. Yeah, this is not the offensive thing he's doing. But I know Stefan's, you know, jockeying for power with Klaus right now, as he does all episode two, varying degrees of success. Klaus says, what are you doing here? And Stefan says, well, Elena is sired to Damon. And Klaus says, yeah, I intuit it as much. Yeah, Klaus is like, yeah, I was pretty sure about that. And Stefan says, which means I need to find the cure now more than ever. And yet here you are making postmodern snowflakes. And Klaus says, uh, I'm sorry, I've delivered. I've retrieved the sword from Italy, which we'll be able to use to decipher the map hidden in the hunter's mark. And I gave you all the background on everything. You're the one who's supposed to deliver the hunter with the mark. If anything, I've done more work than you. Yeah, he is carrying. And he knows it. Like He's like, I gave you guys all the information. I told you where to find a hunter. I told you what to do. I even gave you a hybrid. So- Excuse the fuck out of me if I want to paint for two fucking hours while you cry about your breakup. Well, he's like, and the only reason you guys are as behind as you are is because you killed the first hunter. Yeah. Which I specifically told you not to let happen. And I know that there's only so much Stefan could control. It's really, at the end of the day, Damon's fault. But (laughs) I I maintain Stefan could have told Damon and we've been in a different situation, okay? I disagree. But (laughs) But we're past that episode. Yeah, but we've gone through that. (laughs) We, We went on that for too long. And Stefan says, okay, well, the problem is, is that Jeremy is the hunter and he has to keep killing vampires, but we can't quite figure out how to stop him from killing us. And Klaus is like, sucks to be you, okay? Klaus says, sounds like a chore. That's why I feel justified, like, doing my own thing. I did a little charity work, so sue me. He's like, you guys have to do a job. Like, I did all my jobs. It's not really my problem that you guys haven't figured your shit out. Klaus is like, first of all, like, I want the cure for Elena, but if I don't have it, I'm not going to die. You want the cure much more than I do. Figure it out. And Stefan says, oh, well, maybe you're lying about having found the sword. A flimsy bluff. Yeah, why would he do that? So you mean he flew all the way to Italy, said he found the sword, and it was all... Especially because he flew all the way to Italy right when he needed the hunter protected. Are you stupid? Yeah, that would have been foolish. He would have stayed in Italy till he found that sword regardless. And how would he not find the sword? Rebecca told you exactly where it was. The only way he wouldn't have found that sword is if Rebecca had lied, which... She obviously is not cunning enough to have done. Klaus says, why would I lie to you, Stefan? We're in this together. So then, as a show of good faith, Klaus opens his safe and shows Stefan the sword. And he says, look, the hilt acts as a cipher. We'll use to decode the mercs on Jeremy's tattoo once he's killed enough vampires to complete it. Stefan checks out the sword, sees what's there. And Klaus says, oh, by the way, I heard you moved out of your house. Bit of a murder move. (laughs) (laughs) And he got him there. And Stefan says, I'm not here to bond. And Klaus says, okay, uh, say that all you want. But the fact is, I think I'm the best friend you've got right now. And he probably is, unfortunately. Well, Caroline.
but still really high on the list, yeah. given that he's Cloud. Honestly, he's even going to be bumped higher once, you know, Stefan finds out that Damon immediately slept with Elena, like the day they broke up. Then we go over to the Lockwood cellar, and Adrian is just going on and on about how he had to run one errand. At this point, he's already done the errand. It took you like 50 minutes. He's like, I'm sick of taking his crap. I should rip his throat out. See if he can boss us around without a larynx. Okay, I'll tell you how he boss you around without a larynx with a note, okay? Well, and like also in the grand scheme of things, like Klaus made Tyler bite Caroline to kill her. That's worth being angry about. Later in the episode, Klaus is going to kill Tyler's mom. That's worth being angry about. This? Him making you deliver a painting to a restaurant where you're going to go anyway, most likely. Just a little perspective here, Adrian. (laughs) He's not known for that. Tyler says, well, you know, we won't have to take it much longer. And Kim says, yeah, you keep saying that. But here we are hiding, plotting a revolution that's never going to happen. It's been, what, two days? Well, and Kim, if you're so fucking pissed, you should start looking into some stuff, okay? And Kim has some nerve. She was complaining about being sired. She's complaining about being unsired. She's complaining about not being the alpha. I think she just likes complaining. Yeah, she is a negative Nelly. What, Kim, are you sired to complaining? (laughs) Are you sired to pessimism? Are you sired to being a wah-wah baby? Apparently, she's sired to babies everywhere. <laughs> Haley comes in and she says, never say never about the revolution. She says, and never say I don't pull through. I found the witch that's going to save your lives. And everyone says, cool, no follow-up questions. Everyone says, awesome. Guys, where? Awesome. A werewolf who has no skin in the game of us being unsired is finally pulling through. And Tyler, you've been in Mystic Falls for your whole life. You know one witch. Where did Haley find one? Like, here's the thing. I understand Kim and Adrian and everyone trusting Haley. Because right now they see like them as the pack and Tyler and Haley is like their own thing. Yeah. It should concern Tyler that he has not met the witch. Especially since he's the one who's planning to be most affected by this spell. Yeah. It should concern him that he knows nothing about who this witch is. He knows from his limited experience with Bonnie that witches are in a whole range of good and evil. And let's all remember that... Bonnie didn't want to switch them back because it was dark magic. So that's a whole nother question of who's doing that kind of magic. And if I'm Tyler, if I'm like, we're going to switch bodies and I'm going to be buried in concrete, I would want to know who's doing that to me. Okay. Because I'd have some clarifying questions, you know, how's it going to feel? Am I going to be okay? How can you ensure I'll be okay? What's a backup plan if like I'm drowning in concrete? You know, there are a lot of things to consider. I want it to be a witch I trust. Yeah. But Tyler is dumb. Adrian says, oh, my God, are you serious? And Tyler says, we promised you guys we'd free you from Klaus. You guys did your part by breaking the sire bond. Now Haley and I will do ours. Yeah, Haley's going to do hers. So she can get that USB drive. USB drive full of information about dead parents, which probably say buried two miles away. It has like a picture that's of their two gravestones. <laughs> it has one picture of them alive. And he's like, I can only find one obituary. If you Google, you might be able to find the other one. Yeah. But in this obituary, it says he was predeceased by his wife. So you can assume. Now we go to the town square. It's all decked out for a winter wonderland party. There's fake snow. Everyone's dressed up. It's very, very fun. It's playing like dashing through the snow, jingle bells, whatever. And here's a question. Sure. Does it snow in Virginia? I think it's rare. Okay. The town of Mystic Falls, they will be putting their all into a party. Carol Lockwood is not going to just hope that it snows. Yeah, that's great. She's hiring the fake snow. And if there is real snow, great. She's got to do a really good job because this is her last one. Yeah, (laughs) not that she would know. Caroline is talking to Tyler in the town square where she says... You're going to do what? Tyler says, Haley found a witch strong enough to do the body jump spell. You know, the Klaus specialty. Klaus done a couple times. 
Caroline says, so you're going to put him in someone else's body and then what? And Tyler says, we're going to encase his body in concrete and bury it. And Caroline says, okay, well, why not just desiccate him like Bonnie did? Great question. Tyler says that spell needs to stop a human hurt and we're a little short on volunteers. Fair. They've stopped a lot of human hurts. They need to stop doing that. Yeah. Caroline says, well, who was dumb enough to volunteer their body to be a Klaus sublet? And Tyler doesn't say anything. And then he says, okay, don't freak out. He says, who's the biggest dummy in the room? He's got two thumbs and he's right here. Name your top five dummies in Mystic Falls. Matt. Okay, now name number two. Tyler. Yep. This guy. Caroline says, you? Tyler says, it's not forever. Just long enough for the hybrids to completely disappear. This plan is, I think, flawed for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one. Okay, so I understand that they are going to basically put Tyler in Klaus's body and Klaus in Tyler's body. Bury Klaus's body in cement and then switch them back. While Klaus is in Tyler's body, you know what he's going to do? Kill the witch. Yeah. Like, come on. And also, like, look, I know that in theory, Klaus will stay stuck in cement. Let's all doubt that because I've met the hybrids. I don't think any of you are capable of disappearing completely in a way that would stay away from Klaus when he inevitably gets out of the cement. Well, and also Tyler knows that like Stefan and Caroline and all these people are working with Klaus right now. Yeah. So what will happen? Let's say everything works perfectly and they end up switching them back and Klaus is in his own body encased in cement. Stefan's going to break open the cement. Like he's not dead. He's just in cement. If they need Klaus, they'll get him. Okay. Yeah. This is the other thing that they should predict. Absolutely what Klaus is going to do once he's in Tyler's body, tear out Tyler's heart, jump into another body. Well, and because the thing about the hybrids, I know that they're like, we did all this work, we're unsired, we can beat him now. That is like the bare minimum of what you can do so that you can make any moves against him. He is still smarter than all of you combined, okay? Well, and if they're unsired, they don't have to do anything they want to do. So just leave. He's obviously like not really that concerned with you guys. Yeah. And he might find some of you, but he can't find all of you. Yeah. If I'm like one of the 12 who's unsired, I'm just going to be the first one to leave. Yeah. I'm packing up today. Like, I don't need to see Klaus and Cement. I'm on a plane. You guys got it from here? Adrian, this seems like you a thing. Kim, I know you're really into this. Um, I'm going to go. None of you guys are really my friends. I was kind of forced to be here. Yeah. I'm going to compel my way into a beach house in the south of France or somewhere else that I'm not going to tell you guys. So see ya. If you need me for anything, don't lose my number, please. I'm going to get a new passport so you'll never see me again. And good luck not dying, I guess. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> right before I go, who was my secret Santa? If you don't have the gift right now, that's okay. I'll just I'll just go. And really quick, Kim, here's my secret Santa gift for you. It's a fucking Xanax, okay? <laughs> you need it. But... The like actual logistics of this plan don't really come into question right away. And I think Caroline ends up offering a solution that would work. But obviously, like Tyler has not thought through this plan. Haley's not thought through this plan, obviously, because it's a fake plan. Yeah, Tyler is just excited that there's any sort of plan on the table because he's never had to be the one to come up yeah. with plans. And this sounds close enough to a plan that has at least kind of worked in the past. And Tyler is too blinded by his hatred for Klaus. Yeah. The issue here is the issue we've seen many times. If your only motivation is revenge, you're going to lose. Yeah. Okay. Because you're you're taking it too personally. And if anything goes wrong, you're going to lose your mind. Other alliances will team up if they have similar goals. Yeah. People have different goals for revenge. Yeah. And there's no one right now who hates Klaus as much as Tyler. And there's actually a lot of people who need Klaus more than they need Tyler. Because the thing is, if it were just up to Damon, Tyler would have been dead this morning. And Tyler's lucky he has enough people to stop that from happening. But there are enough people who like Klaus or at least don't like Klaus, but don't want him dead. 
Tyler is not giving anything convincing enough to not like follow those people, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you want revenge for what? You're unsired. What are you mad at him for now? Yeah. Because he killed one hybrid. Okay, so did Jeremy. You want to kill Jeremy? Exactly. Like, you kind of got to suck it up, Tyler. You kind of got to pick your battles. And also, Tyler's dealing with the fact that Klaus is obviously going to steal his girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, it's happening. Caroline says, look, well, I can think of better ways for us to spend our senior year than you buried in concrete, Tyler. And he says, this started with me. This has to end with me. I need your support. He's also stuck in the like, I'm the alpha. I need to take care of these people. No, you fucking don't. Yeah. You broke your own cyber bond. You did not need to help these people. Well, And the only reason he thinks he's the alpha is because Haley told him he's the alpha. Like, it's not like you suddenly had this actual responsibility pushed on you. You just got told you were important. Haley played him like such a fucking fiddle. It's very slay of her. It is slay of her because she got what she wanted out of this. She nailed it. She even got Tyler to live. So she actually won. She really nailed it also because, and we'll talk about this later, she's opened the door for a working relationship with Klaus. Yeah, she's opened the door for a working relationship with Klaus. And Tyler will be pissed, but realistically, he still has that bond with her and he doesn't have any other hybrids. She got more out of this than she lost. And she also has kept the working with Shane part of it under wraps through this whole thing, which a lesser person would have lost that information mm-hmm. during this day. And she kept that down. So yeah. she actually did kind of eat today. Yeah. Got to give it to Haley. She nailed it. Then we go over to the Gilbert Lake house. Jeremy is chopping some wood with an ax. Thank you, Julie Pleck for this one. I am seeing the arms. Okay, girl. <laughs> the bad part is who is letting Jeremy have both an ax and loose wood? Yeah, that was a bad read. I was going to say it's Lake House. What else is he going to do? But I don't know, swim, play video games. But you were loving this scene. This one was uh, for me specifically. They're bulking Jeremy up quite a bit this season. He's um, been bulking consistently throughout. But this yes. uh, every time is the bulk is we've seen him. And there were some veins in those arms. I was loving it. Yeah, his neck is thick. You can't fit I, two hands around that. And neck. I think his neck is thick in a good way. I think he's thick in a Quasimodo way. He looks a little bit like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. See that? I'm good with that. I like a thick neck. I want him to look like a tree trunk. I kind of like a skinny neck. Not too skinny. A normal neck, I guess. I just don't like Jeremy either. (laughs) I just like Jeremy. I think the neck thing is just part of it with Jeremy. Biases. Then Damon drives up with Elena. And Bonnie comes out and she's like, hey, Jeremy, you cool? And Jeremy's like staring at the car. Jeremy's got the axe in his hand. He's like, they shouldn't be here. And Bonnie says, they're here to help you. You know, do you trust me? And he says, yeah. And then she takes the axe from him and says, let's go inside. And they do. Shane comes out to like see the car arrive. And Damon's like, what the hell is Professor Shady Pants doing here? And Elena says, oh, I invited him. And then they go in and Shane says to Jeremy, look, we're ready to get started. But before we can do that, we need her in here. And he points at Elena and Elena says, this is your house now, Jeremy. You have to invite me in. <laughs> yeah. Damon has already been invited in back when they kind of did a switcheroo over on Elijah. Shane says, go ahead, invite her in. And Jeremy seems to struggle, but then he does invite her in and she comes in and she touches his arm and he takes out a steak he had hidden. I don't know where he's wearing a a wife pleaser. That's what they're calling them now. Oh, I tanked up. And he pulls the steak, I think out of his like belt, but it does look like he's like hiding it in his ass. Cause you know, people are standing behind him. Do they not see the wood? He goes for her, but she stops him. And everyone's like, okay, so off to a good start today. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan's looking through some papers. He answers a call and it's from Caroline. And he says, hey, I'm sorry, I know I'm late. And Caroline says, you know, if I'm going to be a friend in your time of need, you need to work on your punctuality. 
she's serving all the time and he's just at home. Come on, buddy. Pull together. This is the love of your life. You don't have a girlfriend to be busy with anymore. Okay. What's the hold up? Self-pity mama. He's got a wallow. She says, I'm in a crisis. Where are you? And he says, I'm at my house. Why? What's wrong? And she says, my boyfriend is being a dumbass murder. And he said, I love that. He said, "Uh, that sounds cool. She says, why are you at your house? Aren't you trying to keep your distance from Elena? And Stefan says, oh, she's not here anymore. Damon took Jeremy to the Gilbert Lake house with Bonnie. So I guess her house is safe for her again. Yeah. Now, see, no one told him that. He just assumed that. Yeah, that's on him. He's in that denial. He's trying to believe that Damon and Elena are not going to fall in love. And that's at this point, Stefan, we're past that. Okay. But you can't stop that now. The train's been moving too long. Stefan says, I got Klaus to tell me more about this sword. You know, the map, the sword decodes it. It's literally the key to finding the cure. We've known this for weeks. I know it's just review. Stefan says, I found out new stuff. And it's like, you learned this the first day you heard about the five. But whatever. Caroline says, Klaus told you this? And he says, yeah. And she says, did he happen to hand over the sword for safekeeping? (laughs) Stefan says, what do you think? Yeah, because she's like, this might be a wrinkle on it. Yeah, she's like, my crisis just got worse. She says, we need to get our hands on that sword today because Tyler and his hybrids are taking out Klaus tonight. Thank you for asking, Stefan, what my crisis was, but that's it. Since you're not going to ask how I'm doing, apparently. Even though I told you I'm in a crisis. I said I needed help. You don't want to ask what kind of help. You just want to tell me where Damon is all fucking day. You just want to tell me something about the sword that we already knew. So come on, buddy. Uh, You're slacking on the team. Then we go out to the town square briefly. We see some kids playing. The song Christmas Rapping is playing. Rapping W-R-A-P-P-I-N-G. You get it? Then we go into the grill. Matt is working. There's a silent auction going on, including Klaus's painting. And Caroline is checking out Klaus's painting, because of course she is. Mm-hmm. And Klaus approaches. She says, here to steal Tiny Tim's crutches. And he says, you know, Dickens was a dark man. He would have liked him. Did he know Charles Dickens? That's what was meant to take from this. <laughs> it's funny. Caroline says, nice snowflake, by the way. And he says, oh, is my work really that literal? And I mean, it is a snowflake. It is a snowflake. But she does say, no, I'm serious. There's something lonely about it. He said, yeah, you think? Welcome to my mind. Had met me? I'm pretty lonely. Did you see me walk in here with anybody, Caroline? I'm by myself again, okay? Yeah. I'm doing everything to try to charm you, and you are barely biting. Yeah. He says, I'm going to take that as a compliment. He should. It kind of is. <laughs> he says, can I offer you some champagne? And she says, I can't. Too many adult prying eyes. I don't want to be a high school cautionary tale at the next town meeting. Klaus says, oh, well, good thing the high school part is nearly over. And then you can travel the world with me. He doesn't say that second part, but he says it with his eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And she says, you know, if we're going to be nice to each other, I need that glass of champagne. And he says, is that our thing? And by that, he means, I guess, drinking champagne and being nice to each other because they had champagne at Miss Mystic Falls. And she says, we don't have a thing. And he says, allow me, because he says, we absolutely do have a thing. And it's this. He says, look, I know you think you don't like me, but I've been watching these conversations get less and less hostile. He's like, you're almost there. Yeah, I'm wearing you down, bitch. <laughs> she does text Stefan. She says, he's here. Go. So then we go over to Klaus's house. Stefan has broken in. He has pried open the safe that he saw the sword in earlier. Mm-hmm. And it would have been stupid for Klaus to show Stefan where the sword was being kept. And Klaus is not stupid. So Stefan opens the safe and there's no sword there. And Stefan is like, I don't know why I thought it would be this easy. Stefan says, that makes sense. Fair enough. On the phone, Stefan's talking to Damon. And Damon says, well, he's not walking around with it. Check the rest of the house. And Stefan says, I am. I haven't found anything. And Damon says... Check the sock drawer. That's where people keep their sketchy stuff. Ha ha ha. And Stefan says, I need real ideas. 
I mean, you could check the software Might as well. You know, maybe it's not in there, but maybe it is. And Stefan's looking at papers that were, I think, in the safe. And Damon says, here's two ideas. One, kill Tyler before he goes to Klaus. Obviously one that no one really wants to do except Damon. And he says, or since Klaus has become MVP in our relay race for the cure, tell him about the hybrids and he'll kill Tyler. Which actually, that one is a good idea because then who can be that mad if Klaus is the one who kills Tyler? I mean, yeah. no one's blaming Damon or Stefan. That's the thing. If you tell Klaus these things, he's the one who will, who will actually do them. And then people will blame Klaus for something that was really your idea. And Klaus might go to Caroline and say, uh, yeah, Damon told me to kill Tyler. Yeah. But who cares? Just say, uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Be like, uh, Klaus is lying. It's real. He said, he said, you know? Yeah, exactly. Who are you going to believe? Stefan finds a note. It's in French. I wrote down this note, even though it ends up not really being important, what it actually says. But for reference, it says, Mon amour, le jour passant trop long si long de toi. That means, my love, the days pass by, and I know something about you. What I think is funny <laughs> about these, you know, he has all the letters in the safe, which we get to why he does this later. But he had to know Stefan was going to go look in the safe. So he wanted Stefan to see those. He wants to have a bonding thing with Stefan. It's easy. Stefan says to Damon, nobody's killing Tyler because he's close with Caroline. He knows he can't really get away with killing Tyler, even though honestly, Stefan would be fine. Stefan would be okay with it, but he has to say they can't. Yeah. Now, if it happened behind his back, I don't think he'd be mad about it. But then he would have plausible deniability being like, I told, I him, told not to. him not. I can't believe he killed Tyler. I can't believe Damon would do this. I'm so angry. And that's the only reason I'm angry at him. He finds another love letter, whatever. It's about Riding a train, being in love, meeting on a beach, whatever. It doesn't matter. I wrote these down when I was taking the notes. I was like, do they end up mattering? They don't. Uh, so I wrote them for nothing. Nice to be that in depth. Yeah, you take your craft seriously. I do. Stefan says, hey, uh, I know it's a touchy subject, but do you know where Elena is today? Damon says, mm, I think running around trying to figure out how to deprogram Jer. Not a full lie, but definitely still a lie. Definitely closer to a lie than the truth. Yeah. I'm trying to think how we could say this because the probably or I think that makes it a lie. It would be like it's helping deprogram Jeremy. Yeah. What exactly is she doing? I'm not sure at this moment. He's out on the phone. He's not sure at this moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's still a, you know, lie in the grand scheme. It's not technically a lie, but. But he, he would know what he was doing. Yeah. And then Stefan says, how'd she take it last night? You telling her to stay away from you? And Damon says, not well. Because he told her he was supposed to, and she didn't take that well. Honestly, what Damon should say to this is, I don't want to talk about it. Just like, it was a rough night. It was a rough night. Yeah, but this is like, you're lying. You can tell he feels uh, really weird about this. Because I think he truly did think he was going to go do it yesterday. Yeah, I do think so too. And then he got there and he was like, oh. But she's so pretty. Yeah, but like, she's finally in love with me. Yeah. What, I'm supposed to give this up right now? Like, No. I'm not doing that. And he feels bad about it. He's like, maybe I can get another day. Maybe maybe we'll find something else along the way. Whatever. Stefan says, are you okay? Damon says, Peachy, gotta go. Bonnie enlisted Dr. Evil in her plan and I have to thwart him. And he hangs up. Yeah, that was the best thing he could have done. Get off that damn phone. Yeah, get, you do not want to implicate yourself anymore in this lie you are already implicating yourself in. The less time you spend on the phone, the less lies you're telling. Because Stefan wants to hear about this. Yeah. So then we go inside the lake house. Shane zip ties Jeremy to a chair. And says, so the thing is, all Jeremy feels when he sees a vampire is a burning desire to kill them, even if consciously he doesn't want to. As in your case, his subconscious is calling the shots. And Bonnie says persuasion helps reverse your conscious thoughts. 
Shane says, think of it as a conditioned response. See vampire, kill vampire. What I'm doing is creating a middle step, a detour where his subconscious learns to recognize you as someone he wants to protect. And that gives him a choice to take the detour instead of the conditional response. So now that I've started my little hypnotism gag, talk to him. He'll listen. I will say this is actually a pretty accurate description of how hypnotism works. Yeah. Because the way you often do it is you find like a response that is really standard and really practiced. And then you interrupt it in the middle. So the brain doesn't know what to do when the pattern is like stopped suddenly. Mm -hmm. And so then you can fit things in, in the middle of that pattern. Nice. Now I have that information from criminal minds, but I think it's true. Yeah. I don't know anything about hypnotism. So thank you. You could say anything about hypnotism. I believe you. It's like I'm being hypnotized. (laughs) So Shane says, you know, Elena, talk to him. And Elena says, what am I supposed to say? Don't kill me. Shane says, well, you know, you chose to do this at your family's vacation house, right? Maybe just start by telling him why. She's like, well, I have some bad memories of both of us stabbing each other in the neck uh, at our other home. So so this one felt a little bit better. It felt at least different. Elena then goes on. She does a little monologue because one thing Elena loves to do is monologue about her family. She says, every holiday we came here, this place was family. And when mom and dad died, Jenna made us come here and we thought it was an awful idea. But it's like they were here with us. Jeremy opens his eyes and looks at her. And she says... They would have wanted us to stick together, Jeremy, to fight for each other, no matter what. Shane says, eloquently put, Jeremy, how do you feel about Elena right now? And Jeremy says, well, it's pretty simple, actually. She ruined our lives. She's not my real sister. She's just the reason everyone I've ever loved has died, and she means nothing to me. I will kill her, even if that means I have to die myself. And Shane hits the table, and Jeremy like gets knocked out of it. Jeremy says, did it work? Jeremy, not even a little bit, buddy. Jeremy, it was very bad. And it's so funny. He says it, and everyone's silent. And Jeremy must be like, okay, so no. I'm going to take that as a no, it didn't. We're not celebrating. I'm, I'm not going swimming in the lake today, I fear. I'm going to have to get hypnotized again. Yeah. So I'm just going to be tied to this chair for a while longer, huh? Okay, great. Then we go to the alley behind the grill. Caroline meets up with Stefan. And Stefan says, so I didn't find the sword. And Caroline's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And Stefan says, well, Klaus is the only shot we have. We need him. Tyler has to call it off. Tyler approaches because I guess he was listening. He says, that's not going to happen. Then he turns to Caroline and says, you told him? Yeah, no shit, buddy. Stefan's rising in the ranks, Caroline girlies. <laughs> Tyler says, I've had 12 hybrids sworn to secrecy for a month. Number one, a month, not that long. Number two, they only talk to each other. Yeah, they don't have any friends. So they weren't sworn to secrecy because they were all talking. And also the first couple that had the secret were killed. So you've had these ones sworn to secrecy for like two weeks. So let's not act like you've been like really managing this. This is the most work he's ever done in his life, to be fair. Tyler says, I have Haley and a witch risking their lives and you're blabbing my plan to him. First of all, you just have Haley. And second of all, she's not risking her life. So actually, you're not right at all. So he's got nothing going for him right now. Stefan says, look, all I'm asking is for a little time. And Tyler says, how long? An hour? A day? Because every minute that goes by that we don't do this, they're at risk. Of what? Picking up dry cleaning? Yeah, come on. Uh, He says, you and Klaus already served one of them up for Jeremy to kill. And then he looks at Caroline. She looks away. She's like, well, I thought you'd be okay with that. (laughs) Tyler says to Stefan, I don't owe you anything. I'm taking him out. And he goes to leave. But Stefan stops in front of him. He does a fast run and says, sorry, but I can't let you do that. And Caroline says, Stefan. And Stefan says, I'm sorry, I can't. And then Caroline says, no, Stefan. He turns around and they're surrounded by hybrids on either side. And Tyler says, you don't really have a choice. Good move by Tyler to have all his hybrids here. The only thing he has right now is numbers. He certainly doesn't have the brains. Exactly. (laughs) If he combines the brains of his 12 hybrids and him, 
he has about as much brain power as Caroline and Stefan, but I still think they edge them out because obviously the hybrids can't even keep them hostage for a day. Yeah, I think Caroline and Stefan are still higher. Stefan, even though he did get a phone call that convinced them to let him go, I think he could have faked a phone call and it would have worked just as well. What? Klaus's dry cleaning is ready. (laughs) (laughs) They need 12 people to go pick it up. I'll see if I can find anyone. That was the dry cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) So the dry cleaner called me. And, you know, since you guys are all unsired, I have to go get it now. Okay. Unless one of you wants to go or you can just let me go get it and I'll come right back and be a hostage. I swear. And and I kind of have to take Caroline with me because I have a DUI. (laughs) You know, they wanted 12 people to pick it up. And so it's a lot of clothes and me and Caroline can probably handle it because you know what's wrong with me. And then we'll come right back because we're hostages. We respect you guys. And if you guys want us to pick up coffee on the way, we will. I'll take orders and everything. All right. 12 hot chocolates. (laughs) (laughs) And 12 cake pops, I assume. (laughs) Then we go back over to the lake house. Elena's sitting on the dock, you know, kind of wallowing. And Damon approaches and says, you're not allowed to sorry for yourself unless you're sitting on a burr stool. Fortunately, I travel with the burr. He holds out some bourbon. Boy. This is alcoholism. Elena says, it didn't work. You've tried one thing. Give it a minute. She says, I shouldn't have put so much hope into reprogramming someone's mind. If it were that easy, then you and I wouldn't be in this situation. Girl, talk about your brother for 10 minutes. She just made it back about herself. She's like, oh my God, just talk about my brother. But the worst part is that we can't be having sex right now. Girl! And then she says, you know, last time I was here, I was so completely in love with Stefan. Now it's barely a memory. Is that the sire bond or just that I'm so happy to be here with you? And Damon's like, I think it's the sire bond and the fact that you're so happy to be with me is also the sire bond. Yeah, I think probably it's all the sire bond because remember not 15 minutes ago, your brother tried to kill you and you're like so happy to be here. I know that when she was here with Stefan, they had other issues too. The thing is like, this is so sad for Damon because she really is sitting here like, well, I know I'm sired. I get that. And that's not ideal, but like, I do still love you. And Damon's like, I can't take that seriously. You understand why I can't just believe that. Because he obviously like wants to have sex with her and like date her and all this. But he's like, but like, it's not fun if you're sired to me. Because then it's like you didn't actually have a choice in the matter. And she's like, no, but I am in love with you. And he's like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's what the sire bond is doing. That's not enough. It is very sad for him. She touches his face. She's trying to initiate a kiss. And Damon says, you know, maybe there's something else you can try. And he leaves her on the dock. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, who do I have to have sex with to have sex with here? Yeah. <laughs> then we go over to the Lockwood cellar where Tyler has brought Caroline and Stefan to keep them hostage. Awesome plan, dude. Really knocked this one out of the park. No notes. No <laughs> notes. You got this one. Klaus who? Who's the mastermind now? Uh, he tells the hybrids to keep them down here until they write Klaus in and use the chains if they have to. Just chain them up yeah, now. I'm already going to bring them down here. And Stefan says, come on, Tyler, this is bigger than you. It's about more than revenge for me. And the thing is, is like, yes, it's about more than revenge. But like Stefan's goal is equally selfish as Tyler's goal. It's just Stefan's goal. So Stefan thinks it's a little bit more noble. Well, Stefan also recognizes that revenge plots don't generally work out. So he's like, you can't just rely on revenge. And Tyler's like, well, I'm mad, though. Yeah. And to be fair, Stefan's goal, while it is like partly selfish, It is also the goal of a number of other people, including Klaus, including Elena, including Damon, including Caroline, because who who else decides Caroline going to be on? Because Caroline's certainly not going to side with the hybrid. It doesn't matter where Tyler is. So it's like, Stefan knows that he's got the numbers. Well, he knows realistically, like, there's a very low likelihood that whatever Tyler has planned, because I don't think Stefan knows 
may or may not know the whole plan at this point, you know? He knows that realistically that plan is probably a stinker. Yeah. <laughs> Just odds. Well, I mean, I'm sure that Caroline has told Stefan a lot of the plan. And Stefan, having been involved with a number of body swap operations, would be like, what's to stop Klaus from pulling out his hurt when he's in Tyler's body? Because Klaus might need a witch to do another body swap. But once he's in Tyler's body, he can make a lot work. And yeah, if Tyler and Haley can find a witch, you better bet your ass Klaus can find a witch, yeah. even if he is in Tyler's body. OK, so I do think Stefan is kind of like, it's just not a good idea for you to be in charge today. Like, obviously, you don't have a good plan and there's more at stake here. But then Tyler says, I know what it's about for you, Stefan. The cure. You know what happens when hybrids take the cure? We go back to being werewolves, turning on every full moon. Hey, don't y'all not feel pain from turning anymore? <laughs> and also, like, I get this is obnoxious. But God, they all are so fucking whiny about turning on the full moon. It's once a month. Well, it is like, again, this is kind of where we get to the point in the Vampire Diaries. Plot holes, okay? They have to. I don't really consider this a plot hole because I still get them not wanting to turn without choosing to. Because it's very different, like, choosing to turn and getting used to the pain. Because also, the longer they haven't turned, the more it'll hurt when they inevitably do again. And then they have to go back to chaining themselves up and shit, you know? Yeah. So I get why they don't want the cure. But unfortunately, you guys are not anyone else's top priority. But also, we don't know a lot about the cure at this point. But there's no reason to believe that if Stefan gets the cure, that the hybrids have to have it. Yeah. And also that, you know, they don't even know for sure that that's what the cure does. Yeah. Let's be completely serious here. Yeah. Like, they don't know enough about it. I'm sure that's what Haley told them or whatever. Someone told them, like, well, if we cure the vampirism, we'd just be werewolves again. Like they all came to that conclusion on their own. Yes, which I think it's a fair conclusion to come to, but that's also coming to the conclusion that they are going to be forced into the cure, into taking it, which we don't know how that affects them, but we know that like Klaus has no intention of taking the cure, so they don't have to worry about the chain effect of that. Whatever. There's just a lot of assumptions being made, but I get it. Tyler has to be on an opposite side. But Tyler says we could give a rat's ass about the cure. Of course they do. Caroline says, Tyler, come on. Tyler says, I needed you on my side, Caroline. That's all I wanted. And this is fair for him to want Caroline on his side. Whether she should be or not is a completely different conversation. It's fair for him to want it. It's not fair to expect it. Yes. And also because Tyler has really been prioritizing the hybrids over Caroline lately. And that's fine. And I think a lot of that is a response to him seeing Caroline prioritize vampires over hybrids. Yeah. Yeah. Which she does. But she's also been like pretty open about that. I do think the Jeremy situation killing a hybrid was unexpected to Tyler. And I think she thought Tyler wouldn't care. Yeah. That was a misread by her. Yeah. But everyone has misreads, okay? That's over. That's done. Chris is dead. Then we go over to the lake house. Jeremy's looking at old photos from Christmas's past. And Bonnie asks if he's okay because Shane wants to try again. Damon comes in and says, survey says, ah, barely work. Classic. <laughs> barely good singer. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's going through a lot. He can't be expected to also be comic relief right now. But he does bring up a good point. He says, Professor Shane has been dipping into the magical herbs a bit too much. If he thinks using a vampire to suppress the need to kill another one is going to work on a hunter. It's like dangling a cheeseburger in front of someone on a master cleanse. We need to find someone else to attach your warm and fuzzy detour feelings to. He looks between Jeremy and Bonnie and he says, gee, I wonder who that could be. Which means Julie Fleck wants us to start shipping Jeremy and Bonnie again. And I will be doing nothing of the sort, Miss Fleck. I need to be given someone else to ship them with because I I like both of them. I don't really ship them. I mean, we all know at at my core, I'm a Jana shipper. 
if nothing else. And I thought he was going to be attaching these warm and fuzzy feelings to like a look with Jenna on the other side. Although Jenna's not on the other side, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But no, Bonnie. You just want to look back on screen. And he will be. Yeah, maybe on another show. Yeah, on this show. We'll see. Jeremy says to Bonnie, you, I feel that way about you. I really had to be led right into that. Damon says, well, this isn't awkward at all. I'm going to be literally anywhere else. Okay, now that I dropped that wisdom, I'm going to not be around. Then we go out to the dock where Shane joins Elena and says, you know, it was good thinking using Bonnie as Jeremy's emotional touchstone. Like, that wasn't my idea. Yeah. She's like, when did that happen? It's like, I'm just standing here. I've just been standing here in the blanket, looking at the water, thinking about how much I want to fuck Damon. (laughs) I've been standing here wishing I brought my vibrator with me. Shane says, you know, Damon is very intuitive. And she's like, okay. And then he says, Bonnie told me about your relationship with him. I don't mean to pry, obviously. Then what is this? If this is not prying, what is it? And she says, well, it's complicated. And then she says, like half joking, she says, any ideas how to hypnotize me out of it? And then he says, you know, in all my world travels, the one spell I've never found is how to break somebody from loving too much. And trust me, I've looked. And this is enough of a like drop. But then he right away clarifies what he's saying. He says, my wife and son died. I was trying to find a way not to miss them. Mm -hmm. Would you read into that? Well, I'm glad you asked. So there are are two directions of this and they're not mutually exclusive. Okay. Okay. One, I've said that I think this Silas connection is to soften the barrier between afterlife and life. Maybe he wants his son and wife back. And maybe part of that is the immense guilt he feels for killing them. You think he killed his wife and son? I don't think we can discount it. Why do you think he killed his wife and son? Just seems like something he would do. For what reason? He just got mad. Oh, it was an accident. Maybe he drove him off a bridge. Wickery Bridge. Yeah. Or another bridge. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think that's a possibility. Okay. I'm just throwing it out. I don't have a good reason besides the fact that I don't trust him. And that's it. So I think he, he killed his wife and son. Not on purpose necessarily. Again, not on purpose necessarily. But intent is irrelevant. Okay. Damon approaches... With the axe in his hand. And he says to Shane, if your hypno herbs work, we should be singing Kumbaya around the fire by dinner. So now tell me why I'm not killing you. And Elena says, Damon. (laughs) And Damon asks a question that people should be asking of Shane. Why are you looking for the vampire cure? Question I've asked you many times. Never had a good answer for it. Shane says, I never said I was looking for the cure, but I can tell you where to find it. And this is true. He has never said he's looking for the cure. He said he's looking for the map. And Damon says, Klaus's sword will tell us where to find it. And Shane says, sure, the sword will lead you there, but so can I. And Elena says, what? How? Shane says, because I've already been there. We go back to the Winter Wonderland Town Square. Carol goes up to April and she's like, hey, as Miss Mystic Falls, it's your duty to instruct guests to leave donations at the gift tree. And then Carol sees Tyler and she says, fuck you, April. I'm going to go talk to my son. She grabs two glasses of champagne that they're just walking around the town square. So no open container laws in Mystic Falls. Slay. <laughs> She goes to Tyler and she says, quick, a toast before people can judge us. They cheers, they drink a little champagne. She says, hey, what's wrong? You seem sour. And then they go to a little bit later on the bench. They're sitting together and it's obvious after Tyler has said, so I'm going to be encased in cement for a little bit. (laughs) He says, please say something. And she says, you'll miss graduation, which I guess is a ridiculous thing to worry about. And in retrospect, I should have seen uh, what was coming from this conversation. I I will say that they have a lot of like Tyler and Carol in this episode that we haven't seen in a long time. And I think what you were expecting was that Tyler might die. Yeah, I was sensing Tyler was in danger for obvious reasons. Unfortunately, that just went the other way for him. But you were right to read into the fact that we were seeing more Tyler and Carol than we normally do. Yeah, It's looking like a goodbye. And then Tyler says, hey, I'm their alpha. 
They're looking to me to help them. She says, that sounds so stupid. Says, I wish you were just a vampire. That would be way cooler. <laughs> she says, you do what you have to do, Tyler. And then she says, don't look so shocked. I'm trying to channel your father. Now, you know what his father would have said if Tyler said this? That's a slap. I'm the alpha bitch. <laughs> Punches him in the face. She says, you know, he'd be proud of you. I don't know about that. <laughs> and then Carol says, you know, you're a leader of people, just like he was. Tyler says, thank you, mom. Is Tyler 18? I think so. How old do you have to be to be mayor of a small town? Oh. Just throwing that out. Probably at least 18. But if you lived in a town, would you elect Tyler? Who else is running? We'll talk about that at the end of the episode. <laughs> then we go back over to the lake house. Shane takes out Silas's and I guess he brings this with him everywhere. He shows it to Damon and Elena. Damon says, it's a rock. Shane says, not just any rock. And Damon says, oh, right. So is this this silly little wives tale that you told at the occult exhibit? Shane doesn't say yes, but he says long story short, and he summarizes the story. Here's what he says. In case we forgot, because it's been a couple episodes. Once upon a time, there was a witch named Silas who loved a girl and wanted to be with her forever. So he and his best friend, another witch, we know her name is Ketsia, made an immortality spell. And then Silas's best friend witch got jealous and killed Silas's girl before he had a chance to make her immortal. Cursed to an eternity without his one true love, Silas finds a way to reverse the immortality spell. Then, before he has a chance to take it, his former friend buries him underground, leaving him and the cure to rot. Now, here's what I'll say. What will you say? say? A wife that he wants to be immortal and a wife that's dead. Two dead wives, okay? One dead wife, the same wife. No, Silas's and Shane's. Okay. Just pointing that out. But Silas doesn't want his girl or his wife to be immortal. He did. Well, he did, but now she's dead. He just wants her back alive. So my thing is Silas wanted him and his wife, girl, whatever. To be immortal together. Then his wife died. Then he didn't want to be immortal anymore. Mm -hmm. And now he's supposedly still immortal in the tomb. Or did he like decide to stop being immortal while he was in this tomb underground? That's a great question. We are meant to believe that he and the cure are together. So he chose not to take the cure. So he is still immortal underground. Okay. I'm glad you picked up on that. Why do you think that is? Why do I think he would stay alive? Yeah. Of revenge, probably. Because also, I think I might have brought this up before, but Ketsia, the witch who buried him, I just don't think it's a coincidence that they need a Bennett witch, specifically a Bennett witch. It would track that the reason they need a Bennett witch to unseal it is because a Bennett witch sealed it. So you think Ketsia is a Bennett witch? Yeah. I think that's a reasonable assumption to make. I think that's a great theory. The other thing I'm going to say about the immortality cure Right. So you can take the cure to not be immortal anymore. We don't know exactly what the cure form is, you know, whether it's something you eat, some spell you do, whatever. I think it's potential that it can go the other way. I don't know why you wouldn't just become a vampire to be immortal. But I think the two dead wives are something that we're meant to pick up on from Shane versus Silas. Shane's wife wife being dead and Silas's wife being dead. Yeah, I think that parallelism is important here. Whether that means Silas wants his wife slash lover back or whether Shane wants his wife back. I'm just throwing those out as a similarity that I think is important. I think parallelism is an important thing to point out in the Vampire Diaries. And it also made me be like, maybe Shane is Silas after all, because we're assuming that Silas is still in this box. We have no reason to not believe that at this point necessarily, but no one else seems to have heard of this guy except Shane. Okay. Yeah. So it's just hard to say exactly what the situation is. And what we know, what we've been told right now is basically that 
Ketia buried Silas underground with the cure. But we don't know if Ketia trapped Silas underground. So this also clarifies for us, and they don't say it outright, but I mean, they do say it outright, but it's something that gets, I think, buried among the rest of this scene, is that the reason Shane is looking for the cure is not that he wants the cure. It's just that the cure is buried with Silas. They happen to be buried together, which is so funny. This is like one of those things where I ask you, like, why do you think Shane is going for the cure? And you're looking for a reason. And the reason is just literally that the cure is buried with Silas. They're just buried together. And I have all my reasons why he wants Silas that I've gone into at depth in past episodes. Whether they are right or wrong remains to be seen. So Elena says, oh, so it's a cure for immortality, which is an important key to point out because she should be asking this question, right? Like, okay, it just makes us not immortal. Like, that's not really what I'm looking for, you know? But Shane does confirm human blood is the life force of an immortal. No more immortality, no more need to feed on blood. So basically, it is a cure for immortality, but it will also end up being a cure for vampirism, is what he's telling us. He says, you dig up Silas and you've got your cure. Which is also interesting because we know that werewolves are not immortal, so that human blood piece is crucial. Yes. Then we go to the Lockwood Cellar. Caroline says, okay, this is totally ridiculous. We're not hostages. Kim says, sure you are, sweetie. Caroline goes up to Kim getting ready to like fight her a little bit, but then Stefan's phone rings. The hybrids move closer and Stefan says, relax, it's my brother. Now there's that great AT&T service our characters have come to expect. He can receive calls even in the cave, to which I say, hybrids, you're taking someone hostage. Turn off their phone. Yeah, take a page from Connor's book. Break that fucking phone, okay? Step on it. At least get some of your anger out. Damn. Stefan answers the phone. None of the hybrids stop him from answering the phone. No one's going to grab the phone and be like, we have your brother held hostage. This hostage operation is falling apart at the seams as soon as Tyler and Haley leave. And that's so embarrassing because it's, two hostages and 12 hostage keepers. How is that falling apart? Stefan answers. He says, hey, what's up? And Damon says, don't ask how or why or who, but I just found the answer to your Tyler problem. Stefan says, no kidding. Hangs up and he says, we don't need the sword. And so we are meant to believe that the hybrids were like, oh, okay, cool. Head on out. Yeah, dumbasses. I know that we're meant to kind of believe this from Shane. Well, let's keep the sword, you know, in the mix, okay? Yeah, let's not completely cut the sword. Let's not completely cut Klaus. Do you think Shane does indeed know where the cure is and that he will indeed lead them to it? Short answer, yes or no? No. And I'll get into some details of it. I mean, I think if indeed the cure is buried with Silas, because that's an awful convenient thing he's telling us. It is, isn't it? Because it could also be Silas is locked up and maybe Silas knows where the cure is, but he doesn't have it buried with him. Because it may also be that Silas, if I'm buried underground, okay, for a thousand years and I have a way to kill myself, I'm killing myself. So do you think there's a reason Silas maybe didn't kill himself? He didn't have the cure. Okay, sure. Or there's some level of revenge that he wants, but I think why would he not kill himself? Like get over it. Although, you know, people are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think Shane knows where Silas is and plans to get Silas out. And if the cure is indeed with Silas, there's a potential that they can get the cure from him. I think even if Silas has the cure, He's going to be pissed, especially at Bonnie. Why? Because Bennett witches. Now, if if she lets him out, maybe he'll calm down. But I don't think he's like going to want to share that cure with everyone. Well, but he's had it with him this whole time. Why wouldn't he share it? Because he lived a lifetime of pain buried underground without his love. He wants everyone to have a lifetime of pain with no love. Wow. That's, That's quite a leap. What? That's not a leap. I know, but that's quite a leap for him. Not for you. I don't think that's a leap for him. Again, if I'm buried underground for a thousand years, I'm going to get bitter. 
That's why I would simply take the cure and kill myself. Yeah, yeah me too, which is why I think he could. So you think the, that he must know where the cure is, but he must be separated from the cure somehow. Yeah. And only a Bennett wish could maybe unlock the cure. And I think, frankly, Shane doesn't care whether the cure is with him or not. That's true. His primary focus is Silas. That's a great assumption. And so I just think they should be keeping the sword around to kind of fact check. It's also just good to have a backup plan. Yeah. Never hurts to have a plan B. They've worked with Shane a little bit, but he's by no means an ally. Yeah. They're not really going to get a picture of him being involved with this Haley stuff necessarily unless she lets it slip. But they already have him linked to the pastor and he kind of gives explanation for this in a bit, but he's still suspicious and I think they should be wary of him. Yeah. I mean, but once he leads them to the location, pretty easy to kill him before the spell even gets done. You know, like he's easy to cut loose at really any point. See, I think the issue with that is if he is with them when they get Silas out, right? Mm-hmm. I think his first priority is going to be, hey, Silas, I did this for you. Yeah. That was all me. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And kill everybody else, okay? Yeah. yeah, so the question is, who's going to be able to betray who first at the right time? Shane is easy to kill at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But if he can get Silas's favor immediately, which he might be able to do if he knows where Silas's body is, and let's say Silas is awake on the ground, maybe he's been talking to him for years. Maybe Silas is the one who gave him this information. Yeah, because Shane did tell us he's already been there. So it may be that the second Silas wakes up, Shane has some extra level of power. Silas is like, oh my God, Shane, how long has it been? Or immediately gives him immortality, switches that curse around. It's dangerous game to have him looped in because there is forever this question of where he's gotten all this information. And he keeps saying it's on his world travels. Okay, that's super vague. And I think they need to get into where that information is coming from. And again, fact check with Klaus because Klaus has a level of understanding about this. Klaus doesn't seem to know anything about Silas, though. But, like, have they asked? It's not like he went to the occult exhibit. Yeah. So then we go over to the lake house. Shane gives us a little bit more information of his information that he's willing to share. He has the tattoo drawing that Jeremy made, lovely art, and says, this here is the mark of the Brotherhood of the Five. Then up the arm, there's the murder of a girl by a witch. So the mark tells the story of, like, Silas and Ketsia and Silas's girlfriend, to be named, maybe. And Shane says the symbols in the lines are a map, which they no longer need. And he says, when this mark is complete, it will contain the spell we need to dig up Silas. And he's letting them believe that that will also bring the cure. And Damon says, oh, and where did you say he was buried? Oh, I forgot you didn't. And Shane says, you've threatened to kill me, what, three times already this week? The location is how I'm going to survive your bad moods. This is fair. He does need an insurance policy because that's currently the only one he has. Got to give it to Shane. That's smart. Because before his insurance policy was having a hunter, that one backfired quick. Yeah. But the thing is, they still need to complete this mark either way. So if he has to die, they have the sword. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Elena says, well, what's in it for you? If not the cure, then what? Great question, Elena. Shane keeps his answer vague. He says, I'm in this for Silas. Up until this point, he's only been a myth. And Damon says, so write a thesis. And Shane says, would you rather be the guy who writes about Noah's Ark or the one who sails it down the Hudson River? This doesn't answer the question. and It is kind of hard to track the metaphor here. It seems like he what I read this as is that he's like, would you rather be the person who wrote about history or be part of it? Which I think leads into this. He wants power motif. He wants to be the star of the story. He wants to be the one who who brought Silas back. Damon says, I'm not buying it. Fair enough. Are you buying it? No. Great. Shane says, you don't have to buy anything. You just have to believe that I can fix your brother. And when his hunter's mark is complete, I'm going to take you to the cure. And he goes. 
So he says, you don't have to buy anything except everything I've told you. You do have to buy. He said, I'll take you to the cure and then Silas will kill you. But I'm leaving that part off. So you think he's that Silas is going to kill all these people? I have to say. But I think awakening Silas is more dangerous than he's letting on. I think it's an opening into this dark magic expression area, which they have not really connected. Like Bonnie did not tell Stefan or Damon about expression. And they're the ones who have heard about expression. This is kind of the genius of Shane is he's very good because he's essentially grooming Bonnie. If they had all of Bonnie's information, they might be able to piece some things together. But the thing is, he has not only isolated Bonnie herself, so she's not telling anyone this. He's made it so Bonnie seems completely useless. So Seven and Damon aren't telling her anything. Kind of slight on that one, Shane. It's just keeping it separate. If you don't get them all talking, then the information stays vague. Then we go back over to the grill. Haley and Tyler push Caroline into the bathroom. And Tyler says, how did you get out? And Caroline says, I got out because even your idiot hybrids recognize the stupidity of your hybrid murder plan. And that is so embarrassing. You're the alpha. You're the alpha. And I know you wanted all the hybrids unsired. There is a benefit to your team being sired to you, okay? Nobody lets the hostages go when they're sired. Yeah. Tyler says, I'm not going to fight with you anymore, Caroline. And Caroline says, oh, we're going to do plenty of fighting. Caroline's like, oh, that's not really your fucking call. She's like, but we're going to do that the second you shove Klaus into someone else's body. And Tyler says, we've been through this. I don't have anyone else's body. And Caroline says, well, I do. Haley says, what? Who? Haley's like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Haley says, whoa, back it up. (laughs) Caroline then goes on to present a very smart plan. She says, Klaus's sister, Rebecca. She's got a dagger in her. So then when Klaus goes into her body, he can't get up and run. Fantastic thought process. Stefan's been hiding her coffin in the tunnels. We dump Klaus into her body, bury her. We just killed two original birds with one stone. This plan is foolproof and incredible. It's a better plan. And we already have the body just fucking sitting there. If you have a witch, it's not a big deal. And it is iconic because you can see Tyler's like, that is a much better plan than me. And Haley's like, That is so much obviously a better plan. How am I going to fucking spin this? And she's like, how do I make that sound bad? Because she's like, because it sounds really good if that's what I wanted. Haley does her best here. She says, it's too late to change the plan. That's about all she can say. I mean, yeah, there's nothing she can say because that plan is so obviously better. She's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. (laughs) And also because she knows she's not winning an argument against Caroline for plans today. Mm -hmm. Caroline's already pissed. Especially when the person they have to convince is Tyler. Tyler says, call Bonnie, make sure it'll work. And Haley says, Tyler. And Tyler says, it's a brilliant plan, Haley. He's like, Haley, look, we figured it out. It's great. And then Tyler says, Caroline, he says, you're a genius. I love you. They kiss. She says, I love you too, blah, blah, blah. While they are kissing and proclaiming their love for each other, Haley texts Shane, we have a problem. The plan is falling apart. And Shane says, I'm busy. Tyler says, I got up by my mom. Let her know I might actually graduate. He runs out. Then we go over to the lake house to see Shane getting the text from Haley. And he's like, oh, my God. And he just texts her, fix it. And then he goes into the main room because he's dealing with something else today. Yeah, he's like, I literally have my job for today. This was your job. I gave you the easier job, okay? You even have more of the hybrids than you need. You have 13. He says, how's it going? And Bonnie says, we're making progress. And then she gets a call from Caroline at the grill. And Caroline's still in the bathroom with Haley. And Caroline says, hey, Bonnie, I need you to think fast. I know the daggers don't work on Klaus, but what if we put his essence into Rebecca? It'll work, right? Say it'll work. And Bonnie says, wait, what's happening? And Caroline says, will it work? Bonnie says, I don't see why not. Caroline says, Bonnie Bennett, I love you. And Bonnie says, do you need my help? I can leave Elena here with Jeremy. And Caroline says, wait, Elena's there? Yeah, she's missed. And Bonnie says, yeah, she came with Damon. He's slightly less horrible than usual. And Caroline says, you know what? I can't deal with this right now. And hangs up. 
I have to let this one go today. Yeah. And that's good. That's good of Caroline. And then Caroline turns to Haley and says, she says it'll work. And Haley says, I gathered. Congratulations. You can tell she's pissed. And she's standing like right in front of the door. Like you are not getting out of there, Miss Queen. Yeah. And Caroline says, thank you. And she is about to leave. And then Haley snaps her neck. Fair enough. This is kind of Haley's best move. Haley has to fix it. And honestly, it ends up working for Haley. So it works. That's on Tyler for leaving the two of them alone together. Again, Haley kind of eating this episode despite people fighting against her. She kind of nailed it. Then we go back over to the lake house. Elena is looking at Christmas decorations. And she says, oh, you know, Jeremy and I should take some decorations home for some holiday cheer. And Damon says, look at you, suddenly Polly optimist. Not a, not a phrase. Not a name that anyone has ever said. And Elena says, you know, I think Shane's going to get us through this. I trust him. And then she looks at Damon, sees his face. She says, which you clearly don't. Although you would think she wouldn't trust Shane as much because Damon doesn't trust him as much. Although he didn't tell her to not trust yeah. him. And then Damon gives her some information that he's been hiding or not hiding, but that hasn't come up yet about why he doesn't really trust Shane. And he says, maybe because I think he blew up 12 people at the young firm. And Elena says, what? And then Damon says, little tip, professor. I heard you before your first step. And he's in the hall. Yeah, he's like peeking through his head. He's like, I thought I got away with that one. And so Shane's like, all right, time to try to spin this again. He's never been able to successfully spin it. And this is the most successful he's ever been, but it's still not great. He says, I see we're back to the false accusation part of our relationship. Sometimes it's just an accusation. Sometimes false ain't got nothing to do with it. And Elena says, what is he talking about? And Shane says, well, Damon discovered, it's actually so goofy, really. Uh, Damon discovered I was in contact with Pastor Young prior to the explosion at the Young Farm. Then he goes on to say the pastor was severely depressed. He had lost his wife to cancer. And he sought me out for a little supernatural assistance. I tried to help, but he was too far gone. I just never expected he'd take 11 innocents with him. Now, here's something. Another dead fucking wife. Okay. I'm glad you picked up on that. Does that clarify anything for you? Does that give you any other clues? Well, now, if I'm depressed and I'm a pastor, right? Yeah. Why am I going to a professor of occult studies? Why? There's not a good reason, is my point. Well, I can think of a reason. To bring his wife back? Sure. Professor of occult studies? Well, God's not doing it. God took his wife. That's true. (laughs) God gave his wife cancer. Maybe, just maybe, ghosts might be useful here. I feel like if he was on, you know, his path is he hates vampires more than anything, right? So it's odd that he would go any supernatural path. The pastor could have reached out for some sort of sacrifice that could bring someone back. Mm -hmm. Now, again, softening that line between alive and dead. Now, why the pastor exactly went to killing 11 other people, but it may be that he thought if there was enough sacrifice to soften that line, then he, his wife, he and his wife could both come back. Worst case scenario, he does still believe in God, maybe in some way, maybe he's just in heaven. So he's kind of like win-win. Yeah, either my wife gets to come back to life with me or we hang out in heaven. In one scenario, yes, I do abandon my daughter, but- But she's at boarding school anyway. Here's another thing I want to point out. Damon famously killed 12 humans in whatever, 1942. And he has since been told that that was a sacrifice in the name of a magic called expression. Mm -hmm. He knows Shane is teaching Bonnie a new style of magic and that there's a murder of 12 people that he thinks Shane is connected to Damon. Turn those little gears. Yeah, this this one is on Damon for not connecting that. Yeah. Because he's heard of expression, he's heard of 12, and he's heard of this all recently. You would think he would get there. And Elena knows the term expression, but there's so little she knows 
Yeah, Elena knows about expression, but she doesn't know about 12 sacrifices. Yes. And I think that is the key connector. Yeah. Jeremy comes in and says, hey, Elena, I think we've got it. And he has a stake in his hand. And Bonnie says, okay, Elena, don't move no matter what. And Shane says, hey, Jeremy, remember the detour, choose the right path. Jeremy looks at Bonnie, hands the stake to Damon. Jeremy approaches Elena, hugs her. She hugs him back. They all smile. Happy day. I guess it works. And then Shane's phone buzzes. He has another text from Haley. And Haley says, I'll fix it. You'll get your 12. Then we go over to the town square where Haley is talking to Klaus, which Stefan clocks it, but doesn't make any comment about. He approaches Klaus as Haley leaves. And once we get to the end of the episode, it becomes pretty clear that Haley was like, your hybrids are going to kill you. He has to be like, why would she tell me this? But he's probably more pissed that they betrayed him. One thing about Klaus is betrayal is much more of an issue to him than any logic. Yeah. As Haley leaves, Klaus says, she doesn't like me much. Great cover, Klaus. He is covering it. It's great. And I mean, Klaus wants to see if Stefan will tell him because Haley basically probably told Klaus that Stefan knows. Yeah. That everyone knows. So Klaus is kind of testing Stefan's friendship and Stefan fails. As he does do with Klaus' friendship because Stefan wouldn't call him friends. <laughs> yeah. Klaus says, where have you been all day? Stefan says around. And Klaus says, I'm really not interested in vagaries. You've been dodgy and Caroline's been lovely, which I've come to recognize as a tool of distraction. How'd you figure that one out, King? <laughs> it took you months. I think he knows it, but he doesn't usually get mad because usually people end up telling him what happens anyway. And he gets to spend the day with Caroline regardless because usually Caroline goes and distracts him and then something goes wrong because they didn't loop Klaus into the plan. Yeah. And then they loop Klaus into the plan later. But this time he actually knows the plan right now and he's pissed about it. Yeah. So now he's like, okay, I'm calling out this fucking move, okay? Yeah. You guys do this move every time you think you've somehow tricked me. I just like having a drink with Caroline, okay? I accept any loss I have to shoulder to flirt with Caroline for 10 minutes. Today, it's it's a little much. And Klaus says, now, do you have something to share with me or should I compel it out of you? And Stefan does a good job here where he reveals something without revealing the actual thing. Would have worked if Haley hadn't snitched not two seconds ago. Uh, Stefan says, I broke into your safe to look for the sword because I don't trust you. And Klaus says, you know, I showed you the sword. I explained its value. I've been on your side the entire time. What do you want from me? A secret brotherhood handshake? Because I have some pitches. I have been brainstorming. I do think we should booty bump. (laughs) One thing about me non-negotiable is the booty bump. What do you feel about fist bumps versus high fives? Any opinion? And I do want to do too slow. And I'm the one who takes my hand away from you. And then we, we switch around and we grab each other's feet. And what's really important to me is that it ends in a hug. <laughs> I don't care how we get there. I have some pitches, but what's really important is it ends in a hug. And, you know, I don't know for sure that you have a handshake with Damon, but ours should be longer. Yeah. Stefan says, I found the letters. You have a few pen pals over the centuries. This is not the gotcha he thinks it is. Because, yeah, he left the letters in a safe that he showed you. Come on. Class is like, oh, good. A way to bond. Class is great. I was hoping you would. Class says, is keeping my victim's letters really so different from writing their names on a wall like you did, Ripper? Ripper. You know the way he says it? Klaus giggles, and then he spots Adrian, because Adrian, you know, is going to lead Klaus to be killed, or so Adrian thinks. They got to pick a better hybrid to do these jobs. Adrian's your top choice. Adrian? Adrian probably volunteered first. Because he's still pissed about having to carry the painting 10 below. He said, I'm going to get him back for making me deliver a painting today. And... Tyler's like, I kind of have more against him than that, but fine. I was like, can I ask you a serious question, Adrian? Have you ever had a job? I haven't, but I assume it's more work than this. Yeah. So Klaus tries to go to Adrian, but then he turns back to Stefan and says, loneliness, Stefan. 
That's why you and I memorialize the dead. There's the briefest moment before we kill where we literally hold their life in our hands. And then we rip it away and we're left with nothing. So gathering other people's letters, or writing their names on a wall, it's a reminder that in the end, we're left infinitely and utterly alone. Iconic. And I say again, or maybe we haven't said it yet. Where's Joseph Morgan sent me? Here's one thing. If I'm Adrian and I just heard that monologue about having someone's lives in their hands and, and loneliness at the end of it, what do you think that means, buddy? You guys are kind of Klaus's, you know, as close to friends as he has at the moment. Think about it a little bit. But Adrian's too busy thinking like, I can't wait for the road trip late tonight. I think I'll get a hot dog. <laughs> so I wonder if we can stop at McDonald's on the way. <laughs> I want to make flurry. And Stefan's like, oh, geez, that's depressing. Because I also feel very alone. He's like, you know, maybe me and Klaus are more alike than I want to admit. No, yeah. duh. This is the first time he's thought that, even though they've obviously been super alike this whole time. Yeah. But he's clearly like, man, maybe we should be friends. Maybe we kind of would get along. Yeah. Maybe I'm being a little harsh. And then we go over to the grill again. April comes into the bathroom and pushes on a stall that's locked. And she says, oh, sorry. Hey, are you okay? No answer. Yeah. And then she opens the stall and Caroline falls to the ground looking pretty dead. April feels for a pulse, doesn't find one. And she says, help, help, help. And then Caroline gets up pretty quick and says, have you seen Haley? And April is freaked out. She says, you didn't have a pulse. You were dead. While April's freaking out, Caroline calls Stefan and she says, hey, Stefan, that little werewolf slut has lost her mind. Go to the Lockwood cellar and make sure Rebecca's body is still there. I'm going to find Tyler. Haley's trying to screw this up. And she hangs up. Caroline gave so much information to April in that voicemail. Because she's been compelling her for days and days and days. And also, what's the point of wasting the time trying to lie? She doesn't have to. Yeah. And then she hangs up and turns to April and she says, forget everything you saw and heard. You are Miss Mystic Falls. You have duties to fulfill. April says, okay, and leaves. Yeah, April's like, okay. And you can see the way she looks at it. It's like, I don't think that one took. Yeah. <laughs> but Caroline's focused on other stuff. So she leaves the bathroom. She runs into Matt. And Matt says, there you are. Stefan's been looking for you. Adrian's leading Klaus to the cellar. Caroline says, how come the only time April Young isn't following you around like a lost puppy is when I'm lying dead with a broken neck? And Matt says, April saw you? And Caroline says, yeah, it's okay. I compelled her, whatever. And Matt says, Caroline, she's wearing Jeremy's Vervain bracelet. She can't be compelled. Now, this is funny because how far could April really have gotten? And I know that Caroline has other things to deal with, and she probably thought that she, April wasn't a pressing concern. She should have found April first, but hindsight. Then we go out to the town square. Tyler calls his mom, and he says, hey, I don't see you. Things have changed. It's going to be fine. I'll be back later. I'll pick you up. And then Haley approaches, and Tyler says, what are you doing here, Haley? You're supposed to be taking the witch to the cellar. <laughs> I have some bad news for you. And Haley, it's actually very kind of Haley to tell him this. Yeah. She could have just left town and said this. I mean, I think she she understands that this is betraying Tyler and she didn't want to betray Tyler, but she had to do what she had to do. She knows that this is bad, but she also knows that it was her one choice. She says, there is no witch. I made it up. Tyler should have thought this through. Again, he should have asked to meet the witch. Now, granted, I do think Haley could have gotten out of that still, but Tyler could have at least, you know, done a little bit more. Yeah. We go out to the woods. All the hybrids are gathered. And Kim says, where the hell is this witch? It should alert you that Adrian is going to get Klaus right now. And you don't know where the witch is. Be like, you know, before we get Klaus, we should make sure the witch is here because we don't want Klaus waiting around while we're waiting for the witch. Because what are we going to explain to him? We're all in the woods with him. Also, where's Haley? They're all too excited that they're like, we're finally going to get him. How, guys? What's happening here? It's so dumb. 
another hybrid is like, well, Adrian should be here any minute. And then Adrian appears and he says, Kim. And we can tell by the way he's talking. He's not like, oh, hi, Kim. He's scared because he he can tell something's about to happen to him. And we can see his heart gets torn out and Kim screams, no, we don't really see who it is. We go back to the town square. Haley says, I never intended for you to put Klaus down. I needed him for the sacrifice. This is this another sacrifice going on? We did this two seasons ago. Then we go back out to the woods and we see it was Klaus who tore out Adrian's heart. And Klaus starts going for other hybrids. In the town square, Haley says, I don't know how to explain it, but I made a deal with someone who can help me find my family. That's pretty explained. The reasoning I still think is kind of stupid, but it is her reason. It's her reason. Tyler says, what kind of deal? And Haley says, there needed to be 12 for the sacrifice. In the woods, we see Klaus continue killing. Go back to the town square and Tyler says, 12 what? (laughs) He's standing there, he's like counting the hybrids in his head. He's like, Adrian, Kim. Is that 12? Haley says, I'm so sorry. Tyler says, what did you do? She says, if you run now, you might make it out alive. And he does go. We go back to the woods to see Klaus continuing to kill his hybrids. A slightly rock version of Oh Holy Night is playing. So Slay. He's using the hunter's sword and his hand to rip out hearts. Decapitating, ripping out hearts. Yeah, really mix and match. Then he follows Kim to the cellar. She's the last one. She can't get away. He says, where is Tyler Lockwood? And she doesn't want to answer. He says, you'd do well to answer me, love. Where is he? And she says, I don't know. Because she thought he'd be there for her. He wasn't. Klaus says, wrong answer. And he decapitates her. Head falls to the ground. Klaus has his suit on. He's covered in blood. He's looking so, so hot and sexy in a way that is concerning. You guys thought I was crazy for liking Damon. Yeah, this is this is sexy, sexy, sexy. We come back over to the lake house. Bonnie and Elena and Jeremy are all looking at Christmas stuff. They're all laughing, laughing, laughing. Elena says, oh, this is the mistletoe Jenna used to make out with Logan Fell. Throw that one out. Damon watches from the porch because he's, you know, emotional. He's feeling bad that he's he's been here all day. He knows it looks bad. The guilt is starting to sink in. And then, you know, Elena like beckons him over and he's like, right. he's like, please don't. So she goes up to him and she holds up the mistletoe. She says, all the drama, you're missing the fun part. She's so goofy for this. Elena, what makes you think this is the vibe? <laughs> <laughs> he could not clearly not be down for this. And so she like is holding the mistletoe and he says, we can't. And she like slowly puts down the mistletoe. <laughs> She's like, this is mistletoe. Like, it's the law. She's like, it's Christmas and I'm holding mistletoe. You heard of this? You get it? (laughs) She says, Damon, you can't keep telling me this isn't real. Like, I know how I feel and you feel it too. So stop biting it. And she's actually making it worse the more she's like, no, I know how I feel. Yeah. Because Damon's like, you don't though. Maybe you do, but I can't know for sure. Yeah, maybe you know how you feel, but you knowing that is is tainted by the fact that you are also silent. Every time she says that, he feels more and more guilty. Mm -hmm. He like gestures inside and he's like, you know, it's good to see you like that. Normal with your brother. I want that again for you. Then he says, you know, Christmas was mine and Stefan's favorite holiday when we were kids. Not that I've celebrated since. I kind of miss it. You can celebrate Christmas. What's stopping you? I know that you were fighting with your brother for a long time. So that's probably why. But like you never went to like Macy's. (laughs) How did you not celebrate Christmas for that long? Like they have Christmas decorations everywhere. Did you just not leave the house? You never went ice skating? (laughs) Not once? Never had a cider? Never had a gingerbread cookie? Never had a candy cane? (laughs) Elena says, you're thinking about how upset he'll be when he finds out that you and I are together. Damon says, yeah. He said, that's certainly part of it. I mean, Damon says, I've been lying to him all day. And Elena says, no. 
you were helping Jeremy. And Damon says, the point is not really what I was doing. Damon's like, I was doing both. (laughs) The point is I'm here with you and I was supposed to invoke the sire bond and send you away. I'm supposed to do the right thing by you and my brother. So that's what I'm going to do right now. You're going to go home. And she goes, no, (laughs) no, I thought we talked about this. I thought we decided not to do this. He says, I'm going to stay here with Jeremy, help him complete the mark and teach him how to hunt. I'll protect him and we'll kill vampires without you. I'm setting you free, Elena. This is what I want. This is what will make me happy. Now she's pissed. Yeah, she's like, mm, that can't be right. I get we got to keep Damon separate for a little bit because of the Cyberbond thing. And I get that Jeremy needs to complete his mark. Wouldn't it make more sense for Shane to have Jeremy kill all the hybrids and then the merc grows faster? I think you're right. I thought this as well. I think that's a good point. But then Shane shows too much of his hand because right now he wants that hybrid sacrifice to look completely separate from the human sacrifice. Oh, yeah. That's why it's imperative for him to not show his link to Haley. He wants it to look like just a random thing that also happened. Isn't it crazy there were also 12? Like, isn't it crazy that Klaus killed all this hybrid? Yeah. And also separate the sacrifice from the mark. Yes. Okay. That does make more sense. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Caroline and Stefan are kind of commiserating. Caroline says, well, Matt can't find April. I can't reach Tyler. This is a disaster. How can Matt not even find April? Well, it's because she's looking for Rebecca, who's maybe the only person she would pick over Matt. Yeah. Stefan seems pretty chill, though. And Caroline says, is this you in crisis mode? Because it's a lot more stealth than mine. And Stefan says, you know, I thought I'd be happier watching Klaus get led away to the slaughter. But for some reason, I can't help but feel kind of guilty. And Caroline says, yeah, you and me both. All day, I've been trying to remind myself of all the horrible things he's done. And Stefan says, that's the thing. We've all done horrible things. Stefan, you have, but what the hell has Caroline done? She's killed one human. Killed one guy. And it wasn't anyone any of you were related to, okay? That's better than you can say for anyone else. Yeah. Stefan is a bona fide serial killer. I mean, I love him to death, but... He's done far worse than Caroline. Yeah, he's like, we've all done horrible things. Damon, absolutely. Stefan, absolutely. Caroline, don't bring her into this. But anyway, he says, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out what makes us better than him. And I think it's just that we have family we can trust. Also, Stefan, like, nothing makes you better than <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is, like, Stefan's right to finally come to this conclusion is like, oh, my God, I'm not any better than Klaus. I just have more people who will defend my actions. Yeah. And what does give this a funny light is they were finally coming around on, you know what? Maybe Klaus isn't so bad. Bad timing, Klaus. You almost had him. You almost had him. You had him in the palm of your hand and you went and killed someone's mom. Anyway, Caroline says, yeah, you're right, Stefan. Trust is everything. But then she said, have you heard from Damon? Caroline. She's so messy for this. Elena asked her like two days ago, like, hey, all I'm asking is that you don't tell Stefan I slept with Damon. And Caroline said, absolutely, Elena. She didn't tell him. I will say in Caroline's defense, he guessed. (laughs) Well, and frankly, he was going to figure this out. This guess was coming regardless of whether he got led to it. Yeah, he needed to be led to it because he's so in denial. Yeah. Stefan says, Damon's still with Jeremy at the lake house. And Caroline says, did he mention where Elena was? Stefan says, why are you asking me this? And Caroline looks at him and doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything. Because she's like, look, I can't tell you, but you get it. Stefan says, they're together, aren't they? And Caroline doesn't confirm or deny. She just looks at him. Yeah. He's just talking to himself. She's not involved in this. And Stefan says, how together are they? Caroline says nothing. He says, 
how together are they? She says, how together are they? And she says, so together they had sex. <laughs> Stephen says, how together are they? And she doesn't say anything, but he figures it out. The fact that she's not answering uh, leads him to the right place. Well, And also, because if you'll remember, whatever, one day ago, two days ago, Stefan came home in the morning and they were both there together and her hair was up. So he's finally uh, recognizing what that sign is. Then we go back over to the lake house. Jeremy walks Bonnie to the car. He says, thanks. He hugs her. She gets in the Prius. Then Damon walks Elena to the car. Jeremy like waves and gives them a minute. Elena, do you want to say goodbye to your brother who you worked so hard to not want to kill you? No. No, you just want to say goodbye to Damon. Elena says, you know, I was ready to fight you on this, but suddenly every part of my body is telling me to leave. Now, Elena, what are you reading into that? Yeah, come on, Mama, that's the Cyberbond. And Damon says, so do it. But they kiss. Elena gets in the car and she does leave. He says, get out of here, you dumb dog. Go on, get, get. (laughs) And she does. Uh, then we go back over the Salvatore house really quick. We check in with Stefan. He tosses a chessboard, generally throws a bit of a tantrum. And Caroline's just sitting there like, okay, so you need me for this? Should I stay? Do you want me to go get dinner? Because a lot of the good places are closing. The grill's going to close in like 15 minutes. And I, my stomach can't really take McDonald's, to be honest. I just eat more better ingredients than that. I need something fresher. I'd kill for a Caesar salad. We go back out to the woods. Tyler has found the pile of dead hybrids. He's pretty freaked out by that. Not a fun sight, I get. He thought seeing one of his friends die was bad. Yeah, now it's literally all of them, except Haley, who's now he found out not even really his friend. She was faking it the whole time. And he's also been cutting ties to everybody all day trying to make this plan go. So he's had a rough one and it's not getting better. And then he goes into the cellar. He finds Kim's body as well. That's the last one. So now he knows. And then as Tyler leaves the cellar, we see April hiding there. Slay. Because it was revealed to April that Rebecca's body was in the tunnels. April found the tunnels somehow. Yeah. She comes out of hiding, finds a coffin and opens it. And she sees Rebecca. Slay for this. Slay for this. This is really the best friend Rebecca's ever had. No one else has ever done this for Rebecca. And I just, I feel like I have to say it. I find it hard to believe that Rebecca's not turning April if she wakes up. And I do believe Rebecca will be waking up. Fair. Then... Finally, we go out to the town square. Snow is still falling, but Carol is out there alone. She calls Tyler and she says, Hey, Tyler, you're supposed to be my sober cab. I think I drank half the party. So she sits at the fountain and Klaus approaches and he has a half drank bottle of champagne and he's covered in blood. It's looking bad. Carol immediately knows things aren't looking good for her. But she knows there's no point in running. Yeah, but she also assumes that Klaus has no reason to hurt her and that he's really going to be here to threaten her. Because he doesn't really have a good reason to hurt her, to be fair. Exactly. Klaus person says, hey, Carol, you're looking for Tyler. I would like to have a word with him myself. And Carol says, hey, please don't hurt him. He's my son. He's all I have. And Klaus says, and you're all he has. There's a beautiful symmetry to that, isn't there? And then he drowns her in the fountain. It was clear at this point. I was like, okay, Carol's about to die. Because I thought Tyler's about to die. And then I was like, okay, it makes sense that one of the Lockwoods would. And then he starts drowning. And I'm like, drowning? That's literally how I reacted. I was like, what do you mean drowning? That is so personal. Yeah. It's been a while since we had a parent die. Yeah. We were due. And I just want to point out that I have long said that if anyone on the Founders Council is going to die, Carol was next in line. You always thought Carol was going to die even before the first Mary Lockwood died. Yeah. And here she is. I always think this is going to happen in the homecoming episode in season three, because there's a homecoming party at Tyler's house. Oh, yeah. And I always am like, oh, at the end of the night here, Klaus kills Carol. But it doesn't happen until now. 
And, you know, this is a classic Klaus move when he gets betrayed. Let's kill some family. Now, Tyler had almost no family left, so this is a quick stop. Yeah. I mean, now at this point, so few of our main characters have any parents left. Caroline has one. Bonnie technically has her mom, but like she's not around. Yeah. We don't know who Bonnie's living with because Bonnie's dad never seemed to be in the picture. Both Matt and Bonnie have a mom, but they're not around. We don't know anything about Matt or Bonnie's dads, actually. And now Tyler has no parents. Elena has no parents, obviously. Stephen and Damon are not parents. Caroline's really the only one with an active parent in the picture. Yeah. So watch out, Liz. I should say he's bouncing the fountain to the sounds of have yourself a merry little Christmas. And then he leaves her body in the fountain and leaves. Yeah. So it's not abundantly clear that a vampire killed her. Yeah. So we end the episode. So first thing I want to ask, you think Carol Lockwood's dead for good? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Have to ask. It's not abundantly clear a vampire killed her. Do you think this is something Klaus is going to try to keep under wraps that he did? Or do you think Klaus is going to take credit? Do you think people are going to figure this out? I don't think people would figure it out right off the top because I do think this would lead to a murder investigation of sorts because she is the mayor. I do think this is something Klaus will want to gloat about to Tyler. Yeah. Because this was obviously done to hurt Tyler because he knew this would hurt Tyler more than Tyler being killed. Yes. Klaus is all alone. And he wanted his hybrids to be with him, but now his hybrids have all jumped ship to go lead Tyler. And Klaus is like, well, if I'm alone, you're alone. And he said, and not having the hybrids is not enough. You also need no family. I think he's going to want to make that abundantly clear to Tyler that he's the one who's caused misery for him. Yes, I think that's a good read. Let's also talk, this leaves us with the death of another mayor. Mm -hmm. Do you have predictions for who the next mayor will be? Candidates. Who do you think would want this job, if anyone? So I do think Tyler's one of our best guesses because he's a Lockwood. You know, the Lockwoods are mayors. Is that stupid? Yes. He should not be mayor of this town. He hasn't even graduated high school and he's not known for his critical thinking. And he seems like he's about to leave town. Yeah. I think he'll be coming back to town once he figures out his mom is dead is the thing. But I think we have to entertain that possibility that Tyler is the next mayor or at least would like want to step up for his family legacy in that way. I think the other people we have to consider are Liz Forbes. I don't think she wants to give up being sheriff, but I think she is the most leadership position. Yeah. Don't really have any other big council members. Let's throw Meredith Fell in the mix, okay? I mean, we haven't seen her in a while. I think the other person we do need to be concerned about here, Shane. You think Shane's going to run for mayor? Why not? He's got a full-time job. Teaching occult studies can't possibly be a full-time job. If he's not a resident of Mystic Falls, can he be mayor? It's a small town. I don't think they have like citizenship rules. I just think we have to be concerned about Shane wanting to insert himself in the town in that way. Sure. Whether it makes logical sense, I think he would want to be a part of it. But I do think Liz or Tyler are the most likely. Do you think if we were to meet a new character to be the mayor, do you think they would be related to someone we already know? Or what kind of new character would that be? I think it would be related to some founding family member. Sure. Want to guess any names just for fun? I think it would be a fellow Lockwood. Those stick out to me. Great. Speaking of Shane, we learned a lot about him this episode, but also one thing we haven't talked about yet. Shane essentially, through Haley, initiated this sacrifice Mm -hmm. of the hybrids. He got Haley to basically convince Klaus to do it. Mm -hmm. Knowing that he has also, I mean, he's right now our biggest suspect for initiating the sacrifice with Pastor Young and the council. Mm -hmm. So Shane has now initiated or, you know, helped to initiate two sacrifices of 12, one of humans, one of hybrids. What's that about? And what's next? So I think it is about opening this space for expression. And I think it may be that he needs that kind of power 
to break the spell that is keeping Silas down or in a box or whatever. I don't think this is the last sacrifice. I think it's realistic that he is trying to get Jeremy to kill 12 vampires as another sacrifice. How many does it take to fill them up? We don't know that because we don't know exactly how many Connor killed. We only saw him kill two and that got the whole arm and the strut of the chest. And he, I think he already had the full arm when he was in town. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense if it's a sacrifice of 12, but then 12 deaths. It, it makes sense that the number would be similar, that numbers would carry over. So I think that's another potential. I think it's unlikely that this is the last amount of death. Do you have a guess for how many sacrifices total that Shane is looking to have? So I think it makes sense that it's 12 humans, 12 hybrids, maybe 12 vampires. Okay. And I don't know why he would need hybrids and vampires. Because I said before, I thought the hybrids could just be about the amount of power that that sacrifice would give. Like they would provide a bigger vacuum for the expression to come in. Mm -hmm. That's generally how expression was described. Sure. So I think there could be a level of like, you need more power, but I think the hybrids would give you the biggest bang for your buck Mm power-wise. I think the reason to kill 12 vampires would be for the Merc itself. Here's a question. We saw, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but to break the spell on Klaus, he needed to sacrifice... A human, a vampire, and a werewolf. Do you think that sacrificing hybrids is just an attempt to do two birds, one stone? That could be. Um, I also think it's probably harder to gather 12 werewolves than it is to get 12 hybrids who all are connected to Klaus. Yeah. Just logistically. And last thing I want to talk about, Rebecca. We can assume, based on seeing April find Rebecca's body, that she's going to wake up Rebecca. Or, you know, like, she's going to have something to do with Rebecca. Mm -hmm. If Rebecca were to wake up, what do you think her vibe is going to be? Or what do you think her next move is going to be, if anything? So I do think her next move, because she is going to be pissed. Yeah, good guess. But the thing about Rebecca is she's always pissed when she gets staggered, but like she gets over it. I mean, she, I think, is going to be extra mad because they did trick her, quote unquote, into giving this information about where the sword is. So I think her goal is to, one, steal that sword back. Sure. She doesn't want Klaus to have that sword. She wants to at least put it limit on his plans, right? I do think she also is going to want a a teammate. And I think April is not necessarily a super useful teammate unless she gets turned and can be like kind of molded into the kind of vampire that would be helpful, you know? Because I think she could talk April into doing some stuff, but I think April's power as a teammate, as a human, only came if no one knew she couldn't be compelled. Yeah. But now they know that and they're going to be looking for her like they're aware of her. So I think Rebecca kind of needs to get her on the team by turning her into a vampire before anyone else can get in and grab April and save her. Gotcha. Since she knows April's kind of already on her side, she knows that she can kind of control the narrative. Yeah, she can explain a lot of this stuff in a way that paints her in a good light. Because also, keep in mind, Rebecca thinks she's been right this whole time. Yeah. So it's not like she's even going to be lying about it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end of the episode. As always, if you are enjoying The Vampire Diaries and Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.